Hey everyone, just wanted to give you a quick reminder that Lindsay and I will be at the Sick Chick Flicks Film Festival taking place at the Cary Theatre in Cary, North Carolina this coming weekend, September 29th and 30th, where Beneath will be playing on Sunday in the 6.20pm block. Also at 2pm on Sunday, Lindsay will be on the filmmakers panel. Then, next weekend, Wednesday, October 3rd through Saturday the 6th, we will be at the Shaunashay Memorial Film Festival in Southbridge, Massachusetts. On Thursday the 4th will be the premiere of Father of Lies, which listeners of the show will know is the short film that I shot alongside Phil Crawl and Brian Neris in Tampa, Florida earlier this year with Rogue Chimera Films. New Needle Productions' feature film Good Day, where I was a DP and Lindsay was producer, will also screen at the festival on Thursday. Then, on Saturday the 6th, my new short film I Waited For You will premiere alongside Beneath in the Horror Block. Ticket information for both festivals is on our website and will be in the show notes for this episode. I also want to let you all know that since we will be at these festivals, there may not be a new episode next week. At least, not a regular episode. Being as it's Halloween season, Lindsay and I have discussed doing something a little different for October. So look forward to those special episodes this month. Thanks everyone, we hope we see some of you at one or both of these festivals. Now enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. Where we tell you about all the mistakes we've made. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Much better. Much more accurate. (laughs) And how to avoid them. Yes. When you do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There. I like that. I like that. Okay. Yes. I like that. I like that. I'm one of your hosts, Manny. And I'm your other host, Lindsay. Yeah. This week... We're getting a little more introspective again, I guess. Ooh. I'm getting introspective, I guess. Kind of um, internalize. Um, this is actually a conversation that we've had off mic um, in our own personal lives. Oh, great. So now we're going to make it public? What? Yeah. We're going to make it public. So, so that whole honesty thing you want, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the honesty thing uh, that, that, that you put in our mission statement and everything. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Good job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, The question is, what kind of filmmaker are you and what kind of filmmaker do you want to be? I'm a bad filmmaker and I want to be a good filmmaker. (laughs) I think that about sums it up. Excellent. That's a wrap. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Get out there and make good films. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. This is something that me and you have been discussing because, honestly, because of your new movie. Honestly, I think it's because I stepped into the directing role. And I think it started a lot of conversation. Okay. Um, where, you know, we're part of a community of filmmakers and, and, and they've all been very accustomed to you kind of being director and me be kind of being producer. And I do grown-up logistical <laughs> things and you do funky, creative, mm-hmm. strange things. And... um they kind of, they, they were not ever against, they were very supportive of me stepping into the role. They were very happy. They've been amazing towards me. Um, but it did kind of bring up the conversation of like, um, not even, I guess more between us. I mean, not really with them. They never really had the question. Mm. But I think it's from the conversations that we've had with them and kind of answering those questions and discussing it amongst ourselves where... Um, I'm not doing the movies that you're doing and you don't do the movies that I do. Yeah. And what does that mean for the future? What does that mean for our company? What does that mean for, um, our public faces that we put forward from my side of things, my, where, 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 
where this started with me mm-hmm. was it started specifically with with misunderstood monster mm-hmm. um, where as we're going through this, um, you know, you're directing, Phil's your DP, yeah. we're hiring a sound person, we have a makeup, we have a makeup girl, mm-hmm. um, we have actors doing their thing, you know, yeah. we have a couple of PAs that are helping out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent ten years on all of our films, yeah. being the director, mm-hmm. usually the writer or one of the writers, yeah. the. DP and cameraman. Mm-hmm. I've done at least half of the casting. Yeah, you know, um, made a, made at least half of the decisions mm-hmm. on the makeup. Yeah, and the costuming. Yeah, the set design. Yeah, and then in editing, it's ninety percent. Ninety-five. My dis- okay, <laughs> ninety to ninety-five percent. My decisions yeah. of what stays and what goes, yep. um, how it's put together, and the pacing and the colors and everything. Yeah, you know. Now we go into this, and you have a whole crew of people. Mm-hmm. And I started saying to you, well, "What am I going to do on set?" Mm-hmm. Because you have Angie as your AD. Yeah, you know. And well, yeah, I can AD for you. I'm not organized. I'm not that I'm not I don't I don't think organized yeah. the yeah. way you and Angie do. You and Angie have this very amazing ability to compartmentalize things and t- break everything down into a to-do list of sorts and yeah. bullet points and checklists just okay we're going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do that and while this is happening that's going to happen over there and that's going to happen the, both of you are extremely organized in that even when you sat down with Angie uh, uh, to have a, a meeting with mm-hmm. her as your AD a couple days before the first shoot oh she's fantastic she showed up just like you do binder. yep just like Flag, you. Flag, tagged, highlighted, exactly. notes, questions. Uh-huh. She'd read the script five different times yep. in multiple different directions and yep. different ways of looking at it with different hats on each time. Yep. yep. Colored uh, all your, the same thing, just like you. She had the colored Sharpies and everything yep. had a different meaning and oh, she marked off all your props and all your, and those are things that, um, not that they're lost on me, hmm. they're just in my head somewhere for yeah. my for my films right you know for the things I've directed they're in my head they're all there mm-hmm. but they're nowhere near as organized <laughs> you know so putting me in an AD capacity basically a lot of the stuff would be coming right out of my head as I thought of it yeah AD has to have everything prepped yeah. in, 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 in compartmentalized bins I mean that's how I exactly. see it in my head there's like literally bins and inside the bin is all the props and yeah. inside this is another bin and inside this is another bin and I'm constantly I, I, you, I pull this bin open and I check that and then and you make it physical in yeah. your binder because yes. your binder has has sections yep yep every know? every one of the compartments in my head deals with a section in my in my binder and i don't I just don't think that way no. it's all there no. it's all in my head, and I know exactly what has to be done, but writing it out and following that schedule is mm-hmm. just not my forte no. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, if everything I've ever done on set is taken is taken by <laughs> someone else right so what am I going to do yeah. and you said, well, your second camera you know 
but most of the day we were planning on doing single camera like we did for, for Waited For You. Yeah. We were planning on doing single camera. Waited For You was the first time on any of our films that I did not touch a camera yeah. at all. Didn't, yeah. Nothing. Didn't touch the camera. Well, I mean, I also said you're my producer. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, I found a lot of things to, that had to be taken care of during the day. And yeah. yeah, I did it. I'm not saying I did nothing. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was, it was beforehand Yeah. where I was wondering, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. running around on set. Well, I'm just standing there watching all day. Yeah. I even joke with Beatrice. I got nothing to do. Yeah. You know, and at some point we st- we realized that, all right, we're a little bit behind for the day. Look, good. I'm going to get my camera, get my second camera out and I'm going to start doing the close ups. Mm-hmm. And we ended up shooting the other three days after, after halfway through the first day. I, I'd say not even. I'd say after the first or second scene. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a quarter. Maybe yeah, a quarter of the way through the first, first day, day, I got the second camera and said, this is just yep. going to speed things up. Yep. Let me get all this other stuff. I went outside. I shot a scene walking. I, you know, I shot the, the going the down the stairs. Scene, the opening scene. The yeah. establishing shot of the building. I got that yeah. stuff while you guys were doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? So, okay. I found, you know. But in pre, that was my struggle. What am I going to do? Yeah. And as a result of that, I said to myself, well, I'm producer in pre. Mm-hmm. And I'm the editor in post. Yep. And that's where the bulk of my work is. Yeah, and it was really nice having the editor on set as well, where it was Mm. sort of like, um, you know, if we got to a a sticky part of of how we were going to go from this shot to this shot, you know, we had had the editor there, and we could, you know... Yeah, I could tell you, yeah, okay, well then... What did did you need? It was also, you know, easier to eliminate shots and and, and kind of get the, you know, shape of the day. Yeah, when we're falling behind a little bit. Yeah. We fall when some because something you know what happens. Sometimes yeah. the scene takes longer to light, or yeah. you know, again, the like we said, like we said in the other show, the preacher out the guy who's yeah. yelling on the on the megaphone outside all yeah. day long through four hours of our shots, screwing up some of your audio. Yeah, exactly. So what do we absolutely need? Yeah. What do we? You know, let's, all right. Yeah. So as an editor, I can look at it and say, okay, let's get this, 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 and that, yep. and that'll cover. Yep. That'll cover everything. Make all right. You know that'll complete the scene. Yeah. Then you can go back to being artistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next step is what you just said. We're making two different types of movies now. Yeah. And over the course of this past year, showing Beneath around, mm-hmm. every we've gotten quite a few people who've asked, um, well, what are you guys going to do if you're at a festival and you're up against each other? Yeah. And we've said... That's awesome. That's awesome. Like... Can you imagine that being at a film festival and there's two different films? Dude, if I ever beat you out, I would be like blown away. Amazing. It would be (laughs) awesome. You know? But even before you beat me out, um, just being at a festival and seeing two entirely different types of films up for the same award from a husband and wife. Yeah. And they made, they worked on each other's movies and they're two completely Completely different different types of film. Wouldn't it be really funny if you were like up for like, well, I, mean, I guess you really wouldn't be. I mean, because you weren't DP for this, but it'd be really funny if you're up for best cinematography for like two for my project and yours. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be really yeah. funny. The best editing. Best editing. Best editing. There you for, go. Best for editing two different for two projects. different projects. Yeah, it's a little difficult for yeah. me because I'm taking a back seat now for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. First time probably ever. Yeah. You know, in our in our films, I'm taking a back seat. You know, like I did kind of struggle with it as much as I say a lot. I say. No, of course I'm supportive, and I am absolutely 100 percent supportive. You do still feel, yeah. You, I feel a little and bit I've, like, and I've, I've felt. I, I understand how you're feeling because mm-hmm. I've been in the backseat for the last. Yeah, which is why I'm like, nope. This is that's yeah. it. It's my turn. Yeah. In coming to terms with it, mm-hmm. it's made me 
reevaluate the films I want to make and the way I want to go about making them. Right. The way we went about Theta States mm -hmm. and the last few things. I did a lot of focusing on, I wouldn't say being crowd pleasing, yeah, but being more palatable. Okay. Making the film easier to swallow. Mm -hmm. You know, following a little bit more traditional storytelling rules. Right. And I ended up giving Theta States a happy ending. Yeah. Well, which I, I ended up doing that. Well. And blew it. Nonetheless. <laughs> you didn't blow it. You didn't blow it. But that, that goes to show the difference between the two of us. Yeah. I, 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 you were stuck on the ending and I came up with a happy one. And, and it worked. And it, it works. Like, oh, this ending works. Great. Yeah. And I said, fine, let's try, let's try a happy ending for once. Let me yeah. try something, a traditional happy ending of a story. I mean, it's not like, you know, rainbows and butterflies. No. You know? There are no rainbow unicorn kitties. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't no. happen. But in the end, everything works out. Yeah. Spoilers. Whatever. It's the end of a movie. You know, I'm not telling you how it ends. No. <laughs> not telling you what happens between the beginning and the ending. Yeah. Anyway. And I'm not entirely happy with it. Right. It came out good. It looks good. I'm happy Which with it. Which makes me sad. But yeah. yeah. Especially after I talked to someone else who gave me an idea. Well, why didn't you just do this? And I went, Fuck. son of a bitch. Because <laughs> the answer was so obvious. What was it? To just oh, do no, that. Oh, no. Tell me later. No, no I'm not even going to. Um, the answer was so obvious of I could have done that. It could have been a happy ending, but not yeah. at the same time. And I would have been pleased as punch. Yeah. And it would have been literally one extra shot. No. You have to tell me this. When we're yeah, off I'll my... tell you later. One extra shot. And I would have, I'd have been totally fine with it. Yeah. You know? Uh, now you're doing, you're doing comedy. Yep. It, looking at how I feel about Theta States... And and I even said to you, and I didn't say this in a shitty way, just that misunderstood monster, I said, I want you to understand that this is not the type of movie I would watch. Right. Not that I would think it's bad. This is not I would enjoy would it. You. I'd watch it at a festival and say, that was really cute. That yeah. was funny. Yeah. You know? And then that would be it for me. Yeah. You know? I would have enjoyed it. I do enjoy it. I'm looking at yeah. it now. I, I think it's great. And now our new idea, yeah. the direction we're taking it in in post, I like it more. Right. It's more my, it's more an idea of something that I could enjoy. Yeah. You know, but it was, it's made for a specific audience. Yes. And I'm not that audience. No. And I have pushed you to be true to that. Yes. Very, very good. Of yeah. You. I've pushed you to be true to that audience. Don't worry about making me happy and worrying about what my opinion is of the film. Yeah. Because I it's couldn't. not. It's not for you. No, it's not. So do you feel like maybe you've been making movies for us? No. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. I've been taking the audience into a lot of account when I make films and... Not that I don't want to make the audience happy, but... You're not being true to yourself. Yeah. I'm thinking more yeah. about how to please the viewer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not challenging yeah. the audience. It's giving them what they... It's giving the mass audience what they want in a horror movie. And that's not what I want to do. It's just not. The the horror films 
I like, obviously, I like the classics. They're classics for a reason. Yeah. Because they were different at the time. That's why they're classics. Texas Chainsaw was the first time anyone had ever seen anything like that. Right. The Exorcist was the first time anyone had seen anything like that. You know, we're at a point 45 years later where it's very hard to find something that no one has seen before. I think that's the difference between sort of one of the differences with the two of us. Mm. Um, I don't find it as hard to find a story that people haven't seen before, an original concept or a clever concept, because I'm telling it from a different perspective. There's a re- exactly By telling a women's stories or taking on women's sort of experiences, yeah. um, even yes. just telling it organically as a woman, mm-hmm. I feel like it is a different perspective it is something different yes you know and i think i didn't really understand that with beneath where it's like i i don't think i understood how much i mean i'm not trying to get out of my feminist so box here um but i mean people have called beneath clever Mm -hmm. it's a clever idea um and it's very strange to me the first a couple of times i got that comment because um it doesn't feel clever it it's very true to who i am as a person um, it's, it's very relatable. I mean, I hate, it sounds like so pr Um, it's just an idea that I've already had in my own head where it's like when you do feel helpless and you want some thing to come and fix what happened, mm-hmm. um, and your touchstone, you're, you're something that you love and something that has gotten seen you through. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was just so very simple to me. Yeah. To make that connection. Um, but I think that, you know, going through this festival, uh, you know, kind of tour with it. Um, it's not a solution that you would come by in Hollywood mainstream because they just don't men don't think like that. They just don't have that um, same connection in a way. I, or it's not OK for men to have that same connection think, to something. I think Beneath is a story that we have seen. Yeah. It's Yes. It's the uniqueness of it comes in your lead girl. Mm-hmm. Nobody, oh, it's okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Don't get upset. Let's get a pint of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. There's none of that. There's nobody being soft on her. Yeah. You know, immediately she's faced with, I need to fix this. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's where the, where, where, where the, where your, your women's woman's perspective on it comes from where you don't want to make a weak woman. No, you, you're sick of seeing, you don't want to get sad. You want to get, you get mad first. That's your natural response. Your natural response is not to cry and just fall apart over it. You just get mad. The typical revenge film. Yeah, there's a sad and then they is, get mad. Is her, she's, the, she's a straight victim mm-hmm. and it takes her time until she builds up the guts yeah. to fight back. Yeah. And you didn't want that. No. There was no licking of the wound. That's true. And, and, and in Misunderstood, you were very clear to Heather Drew. Because again, this is a comedy. Mm-hmm. And you didn't want that typical... That you see in movies, you know, 
where, like you said, she's going to have the pint of ice cream and she's going to whine about her period and she's going to this and yeah. she's going oh, oh my God. It's, you know, you didn't want that. No. You didn't want a girl who's going to complain about her period. It's because, not her first one. She's been living exactly. with this for a while. Exactly. This is, this, is a, this is an accepted thing. Yeah. You wanted to break that stereotype of that whole thing where men say, Oh, what are you on your period? Are you on the rag? You're on the rag, you know, and they just roll their eyes at you. Mm -hmm. But you wanted to make a movie that showed you what it's really like to be for this week. Yeah. That you have to just go about your daily life. Yes. While going through this influx of hormones and emotions that are shifting you from one side of the emotional yeah, spectrum, the uncomfortableness, and the annoyance, and the you know the poor timing, and and the exactly the obnoxiousness of it. Yes, <laughs> like when we used to do conventions constantly. Every single time we did a convention, I had it. You had yes, it was it was your it was your week. Yeah, during the convention, and you'd meet at least five other girls who we saw at other shows, and yeah. it was theirs too. Yeah, and it was like, why is it? What you 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 almost felt like the men who ran these <laughs> they were shows fucking planning they it. Knew it. Yes, they did it on purpose. And then and then you have to get behind a table and you got to look fucking cute and you got to you know you put on all the tight stuff. stuff and sell the stuff and take and rejection smile and from be customers. friendly and take rejection. And you wanted to show what it was really like. Yeah. To deal with that. Yeah. And that's your perspective. And yes. That's what makes it different. Me, on the other hand. Mm. I'm a guy. There's nothing special about me. I don't think that I have a very unique perspective on the world. You know, but this is me, right? Looking inward, right? I don't feel that I have a very unique perspective on the world. I don't think I have a very unique experience in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't think that my life has been so extraordinary. That people want to know what my perspective on the world is, you know, and maybe that's me being humble, you know, I don't know, but that's just how I feel. And, and the films I make are more, they're not as personal as they are technical. Right. Well, it's also your subject matter. Yeah. Um, you are interesting as an artist to me, um, you know, I just don't produce your movies because I'm your wife. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I do have some input and in, in, in yeah. motivation towards I, the ideas that you do choose to pursue. Absolutely, do listen to your. Um, no, it's not that you listen to me or not, but yeah, as an you know, as a producer to an artist, um, what makes me very interested in your work, um, you are, like information and you like diverse, interesting information. And what's really interesting about you is that you're an artist, but you love science. You love weird science, especially. Um, And that's always the interesting part to me is where the art and the science meet. That's always been what's intrigued me about your work Mm. is that it sort of all touches on this. I mean, minus Blood Slaughter Massacre. But it, it, blood slaughter was yeah. blood slaughter was, was the culmination of the, me, it you, was and me Louis. you and Louis. Yes, yeah. that was the three of us agreeing that this yeah. is something the three of us can do together, mm-hmm. and it was equal parts the three of us. Yes, I was the director and the editor, but yeah. that story was uh, equal parts. Well, no, I'd say it was you and Louis, three with quarters the, with me the, and Louis, and a, a quarter little, a quarter of you. Yeah, yes, yeah. but it was still 
it was a collaboration of the three of us. Yeah. You know, and a good portion of Ralph too. Yeah. Ralph had a lot of input on the movie as well. Yeah. But I think it's also it's you know it's two different types. I mean, I hate to see it. how do you say this without. Um, it's like a different type of filmmaker where, you know, there are some filmmakers that pull from personal experiences and, and, and have a personal relationship with the work, you know, and I'm not saying one's better or worse. No, no, no. no. You know, I think, but, but, you know, I, I am personal with my stories, but it's also because I do feel the pressure of, you know, having to have that kind of personal connection to the work and, and, and it's what drives me to kind of make the work. Um, but then I think there are there is room for both kinds of filmmakers. And a filmmaker like you who, it's about the topic. It's about, uh, especially your stuff, it's very um, otherworldly. It's, it's things that people don't really know about. But the people that do know about it really, like Theta States is all about insomnia. And until you've actually experienced insomnia, and not just that, that oh God, the anxiety is getting to me and I have 12,000 deadlines at this and I and your mind is just racing at night. No, when you literally, your mind is blank and you still can't sleep. Mm-hmm. That sort of insomnia. Yeah. Um, You've been awake for three days and you can't tell whether you're sleeping or you're yeah, awake. Yeah, when the whole, everything blurs together yeah. and... and um, You can't tell what you said out loud or what you thought or yeah. you, you just, yeah. you don't know. Yeah, not that sort of like one night insomnia, the extended extended months, uh, of months and days and um you know i think that's what makes theta interesting that's what interested me in the project and so when you first told me about the idea i was like write this script because i want to see this because i think it's really <coughs> interesting um you know but your sort of version of filmmaking is harder number one um subject matter is definitely harder when you're writing from personal experience you just like you know it, you're sort of your personal experience. I mean, you just kind of put that to page and then it's harder to decide whether to put it to screen or not Yeah, because everything's so personal to you. Um, but you are literally looking for an outside motivation, an outside, um, not even perspective, um, source material. Okay. You know, it, and, and you're sort of, you have an extra step where you're finding this outside source material and then you're digesting it. And then when it comes out of you, that's where the personalization sort of comes from. You know, so there is that a, a extra step of having to find interesting subject matter that is interesting to you and then fully going through the process of digesting it and then getting out a script and then deciding if the script is worth, you know, worthwhile of pursuing yeah. onto the screen. Um, I've had a thousand of those that are just not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm sure that's extremely frustrating because I've watched you for many, many years go through this where you have an idea and you start to chase it and it just, it just, it's either not the right time or the right place or you're not in the right perspective to see it. And so you kind of file it away for later. Um, Data is definitely one of those. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of those. I find more and more like, you know, like I've said it with Beneath and I'm saying it again with Misunderstood Monster where this idea has kind of been churning around me for like a really long time. Um, And I think that's true about everybody. I think everybody kind of has ideas that they're kind of churning and reworking and kind of always in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not to say that you're an impersonal filmmaker. It's just you draw your inspiration, your... You have a lot of external influence. I, I don't start from, this is something that happened to me and I want to tell the story. Yeah. No. I start with a, I want to make a movie about this. 
Yeah. I want to make, like, what's been in my head for the last five or six years, I want to make a movie about a cult. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Where that, what that story is, where it's, I've, I have no idea. But all I want, I just want to make a movie about a cult. And it's really interesting that you have, like, this database. It always intrigues me where it's like, you come across a news story and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And you kind of put it away in the filing cabinet. And then you kind of like, oh, that's an, that's an interesting short film I just saw. And file that a little way there. Oh, that's a great song. It's really amazing lyrics. And file that away. And then all of a sudden you open up the filing cabinet and the song lyrics, the short film, and the news story all had a baby inside your filing like cabinet. five years later. <laughs> five years later. And you open up the filing cabinet and it's like, here I am. And you're like, you're so cute. I'm going to make you. You know? Uh. No, actually, yours is like, you're so cute, I'm going to eat you. And then you eat him, and (laughs) then you produce a script. I don't know. That just went really in a dark place. Um, But, I mean, that's that to me is what's always interested me to you as an artist. What I used to say to you years ago when we first started making movies. Yeah. I said, I don't ever care so much about being successful. No. I just want to make the movies I want to make. I want to make movies that I want to see. Yeah. And I said, if I end up like Kenneth Anger, and you had no idea who Kenneth Anger is, and I know you still have not seen any of <laughs> Kenneth I've Anger's I've seen movie. one. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I actually, I don't know if you have. I, I have. I've seen have one. Have you? Okay. I watched it in film school. Did you really? Yes. They showed you Kenneth Anger in film school? Uh, one of my professors during my independent study. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Do you remember which one it was? No. <laughs> I just remember it was dark and filmy and lots of things happened. Uh, he, he's extremely artistic, very occult. Yeah. Um, very artistic. Yeah. Very, very you know, kind of avant-garde. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always said, if I'm, if I end up being a Kenneth Anger, we're 50 years from now, all I've done is make a bunch of cult films that a lot of people have not heard of, but that's a couple have in love. Yeah. Not even about people loving it, but just that he made exactly what he wanted to make. Yeah. No compromises his way, you know, fuck stardom and who cares about making it huge. He has his, his body of work that speaks for itself when you watch them. You watch if you watch one Kenneth Anger movie, you get to look like what the hell? What did I just watch? Yeah. You know? But when you see multiples of it, you see the style, you see everything he put into it, you see all the nuance. Um, you see the style progress. You see all the, the multiple things he was you trying see to the say. Influences. Yeah. I don't even know how much he was really trying Not to say. Not say, but the references. Yeah. He's yeah. very referential. Yes. And it's very occultish. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you can watch a bunch of them and think he's just making the same movie over and over again with different settings and different actors because a lot of them are silent too. Like there's yeah. just, they're more music videos. Yeah. They're more performance art on film. Mm hmm than anything else. Um, and because of that, he has not become... A household name. At all. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I said, if, I am, if I'm like Kenneth Anger, we're 50 years from now, 
I've just made a bunch of strange movies, but I'm happy with every single one of them and every single frame that's in every one of them, then I'm I'm happy. Yeah. And that's all I've ever wanted is just to make my movies my way. And 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 we mentioned this in the last episode that you get so caught up being a professional filmmaker mm-hmm. that sometimes you lose sight of your original vision for your own films. Yeah. You know? And well, I mean, I think it's also, you know, as much as you don't want to say there, there's the budget aspect well, to it. Well, yes. That's you, a, when you're putting that much, you know, that amount of money towards something. I mean, like Beneath. Budget has. Beneath was very, you know, not a, not a big budget. I mean, it was no. two days of shooting. I mean, it was a day and a, a day and a quarter of shooting. Yeah, it was a day and yeah. two hours. Yeah, a day and two hours. And it was three people. And it was, you know, a barter and trade crew members it was, you know yeah. you don't have that same sort of pressure in, in it and it doesn't have the same influence uh, you know as an audience where it was just kind of like i could just make this and just be like look i made something mm-hmm. finally i made something look look i did this yeah um it didn't ha- i didn't have to take into account the audience yeah and and i think that's something that i might have lost along the way mm-hmm. where i've started saying to myself, well, we have to make our movies and we have to sell them and people have to like this and they have to, have to, have to. Yeah, well, you had five years of sitting behind a table and people saying, ew, no, to your movie. That's (laughs) true. I did have that too. (laughs) I did have that too. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, that shaped my perspective of we need to be a little bit more mainstream. We need Mm -hmm. to be a little bit more palatable. We need to do things that people are going to like. And I'm now watching you do things your way. Yeah. Uh, because they're short films, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the freedom in short films. Yeah. Because you know what, you're not selling a short film, mm-hmm. but who buys a short? Who buys a DVD? A of compilation short films? of short films anymore? Who, who buys, buys that? that? Whoever did? Yeah. Whoever that's did? That's with YouTube and everything. Like, why can't I just put this on YouTube? Exactly. Where can I watch? That's film? what, and that's what the audience. Where can I watch your film? Why is I mean, it? Even with feature films, you feel the same thing. Where it's like, why is it on Amazon Prime? Can I exactly. search on Amazon Prime? Exactly. And then when you make a feature film, you say, well, people want it on Amazon Prime. How do I get it on Amazon? Well, they want this kind of movie and that kind of movie, yeah. and it's got to do this, and it's got to do this, and it's got to do that because it's a low-budget film, and because it's low-budget, it has to be palatable, and it has to be uh, it has to be this, and it has to be that. Yeah. We have to conform to some sort of standard yeah. that their audience is going to want to see. Yep. Final marketing of your film starts to creep in to your initial writing mm. of your film. While I'm writing the script, I'm worrying about how I'm going to sell it three years from now. I wrote data in, I wrote data states in 2014. Yeah. It is now 2018 and it has not been released yet. Yeah. It has a distributor and it's coming out later this year, yeah. but for yeah. almost five years yeah. later. Yeah. That's hard. Exactly. It's the really things hard. That, the things that I'm trying to sell right now, you made four I was ago. worrying about four years ago. Right. But you're making and you're bringing an audience from four years ago. Yeah. And I thought I had to, I, while I was writing it, I had to think about that. Yeah. That this is going to, four years from now, this is going to come out. You know, and how am I going to keep the interest going over that next four years and get people to... And... Watching you make your short films your way, making me go back to the way I used to feel where I just have to make it my way. Yeah. Because the filmmakers that I admire the most are the ones that don't conform 
with the exception of, yeah, well, not even an exception. I could say with the exception of Stanley Kubrick, but even him, he did shit his way. I think it's less about making it your way, and I think it's... Well, I don't, I don't mean the process. No, 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 I know. I, it's the terminology. Yeah. I'm okay. having an issue with the terminology. Okay. Um, what I'm doing, I think, is I'm being... I'm just making my films. Yeah. Just well, that, me. Yeah. Um, I'm not worrying about, you know, the, the proper way or my way or this... I'm just being true to myself and kind of the idea in mm-hmm. and, and and I think it's because I'm making it sort of for me and I'm a person mm-hmm. it's shaping the movie in that um it's true it's genuine it's organic it's yeah. it's 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 genuine to me it's 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 you know um misunderstood monster um I love the movie little monsters and I just had this idea of like, what the, you know, if you get, you literally have a movie about an imaginary friend, quote unquote, who's a monster, like, hello, you're going to think drop dead friend and you're going to yeah. think little monsters. Yeah. Um, and I have this girl who's a punk rock, awesome, badass chick. Um, let's just let her be a punk rock, awesome, badass chick. Let's just let her be her. Yeah. Let's just capture her on camera with yep. some horns on her head. Um, and I think it because it's true. I mean, it's been fan- it's been like mind blowing. Like we released the photos, you know, um, and within like a day or two, some of Buckley's friends had actually like taken the picture of her as a monster and put. Oh, well, like twelve hours later. Twelve hours was, later, somebody had already done a fan art piece, a drawing of the photo we took of her. Yeah, not even that. Like it was the next the, day. No, literally the other one where they made the um the composite of little oh, monsters yeah. onto her. Of her in the little monster yeah. shot with Fred Savage. Yeah. And it was like it was like because you didn't it, even say it and people no, caught it. I didn't say one thing. I didn't. We didn't say one thing about anything. I mean, mm-hmm. we hadn't had done any marketing. It was literally like here's her, here's her photo, and they just got it because it's it's just yeah, it's just true. It's just genuine. Yeah. It's just like genuinely. I love this movie, and I and I just there because I genuinely love it. There are other people who genuinely love it. The influences that you had were obvious. Yes. in everything. Yeah, and 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 I think, and I didn't hide away from that. I no. didn't shy away from it. You know, I mean, to the point that I actually shot. I have, I have a little monsters poster that I did of the two of them. I did, I, I took the photos for a drop dead Fred. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, <laughs> the, the let me just be honest, and these are the the, the motivations yeah. and the and the inspirations behind it. You know, and I'm just literally taking this and putting my own spin on it, literally. Mm-hmm. And let me just embrace that. But you can do that as a short film because you know you 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 already well, having a, an audience for your short film already there. Is great. I mean, that's yeah. what you want for a short film. Oh, absolutely. You know, features is... That's what you want for every film. Yeah, it's true. And that's... I think that's what I'm getting at here. That's, yeah. That's what I'm getting toward is that... I was really worried about people... Okay. A big influence on Theta States is obviously Altered States. Yeah. And... Every time I say, well, you know, Altered States is a big influence on me, the name is a total coincidence. You know? I have to make that disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Why am I making that disclaimer? Because I'm afraid that people are going to look at it. You think it's a ripoff. It, yeah, that people are going to see it as a ripoff of Altered States as close to the point where we made, we changed. But the truth is when I wrote, when I came up with the name, we were calling it Insomnia. Yeah. And then when I wrote the script, I called it In the Shadow of the Imp. Yeah. And that's the name I wanted. Yeah. I, I still love that that's name. A, it's a great name. In the Shadow of the Imp. I still love it. Yeah. It didn't fit the movie anymore once it was done though. Yeah. 
And I changed it to Theta's dates because it does fit. It's actually the perfect title yeah, for is. the movie when it you is. see it. It's per- it's exactly what the film is about. Yeah. The state, the Theta state of consciousness. It's yeah. exactly what the film is. So I'm making this, oh yeah, well, it, Altered States was my influence and I made this movie called Theta States, but it's not, totally not. No, but it still kind of is. Mm. And then I get people when they see the opening credits, the letters that yeah. move across, they even say, holy shit, it reminds me of Altered States. Yeah. And it's like, but that was what was in my head the entire time anyway. So yeah. why am I denying it? Yeah. Why am I denying I mean, and saying, no, 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 it's total coincidence, we but just it is. saw Phoenix Rising, Phoenix Un, whatever. Phoenix, yeah, um, Phoenix Forgotten. Right, and it's totally the Blair Witch with yeah. aliens. It's literally formulaic, form, like, yep, it, it is, is the Blair Witch. Blair Witch. With beat aliens. For beat. Yeah, yeah like three lost kids beat. in the desert versus yeah. three lost kids in the woods. Yeah, yeah it was like, <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm a hating on them for no. that. You know, no, no. Whatever. And you love what you love, and you make a film about what you love. I exactly. don't, I don't know. Exactly. But so, I mean, maybe that's that's the point that you're getting at is that you you sort of I lost. felt this. I have to separate myself from what I love mm-hmm. to make it mine, and it's like no, embrace your love, and that's yeah. what makes it yours. Yeah. And I've been looking ahead, as we said in the beginning. You look ahead and you say, well, I can't see myself ever doing that. So then what are you worrying about what you're, what you're going to be doing in five years from now? Yeah. Why am I worrying about where my career is going to be yeah. five, ten years from now? Because I have no idea where it could be. Yeah. All I need to worry about is what I'm making right now. You know, Stop and- worrying about... Well, five years from now, I'd like to be within 10 years, I'd like to be making, you know, two and three million dollar budget films. Right. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to be there now, though. So what am I worrying about being there 10 years from now? I want to be there now. I think that's I'd like like to be there now, but I'm not there now. Yeah. And I and I think that's like one of the things like, you know, now that I've made these movies, you know, and it's like. I love this. Yeah. I love it so hard. It's so everything, and it's so me. Uh, um, and think that's what I'm missing. And I'm I think, and, and I feel like you know, a lot of times, like we come off with movies, and 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 you know, and I mean, not that they're bad. I'm not disappointed by them, but I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes with you, you don't. I don't. I, I sometimes I assign it to the fact that I'm just starting out, you know, and I have that like this is new and shiny. Haven't been broken. Yet. Uh, and I haven't <laughs> been broken yet, but I also think that in some ways you've you've it makes sense that because you've kind of separated from what you love, you don't experience the full love of something. I do, just in different ways, in different ways than I want to. I mean, I'm an idiot. I I'm like a smiling fool. Well, um, but but okay. When you first started these, you were really nervous about doing comedy. I was really nervous. You started nervous. Beneath. You were yeah. nervous. You were doing a horror comedy. Now, this is so different. Now, you're doing straight comedy. Yeah. But within that, you've found your voice. Yes. In that. Yes. You know? And. I mean, knock on wood that we found it in no, Anderson Monster that I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. Forget about whether it's actually funny. You yes. found your voice in the story. Mm-hmm. And while it did make you nervous whether people would find it funny or not, yeah, y- your voice was there. Yeah. So whether they actually do find it funny, yeah. it's a matter of whether or not they get what you're trying to do. Right. You know, you're you're you were more interested in 
being genuine with the story and telling it the way you want to tell it. Yeah. This is what I want to say with it and getting your point across. Yeah. I mean, rather than the jokes hitting yeah. every single moment that you left that to the actors to, yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, and I think it was also, you know, I did, I did with this one, take the audience more into account. Mm-hmm. Um, because the point of this, like you said, is it's, it's to understand that, you know, we're not asking that you guys like feel bad for us or, you know, are, are, you know, be soft on us because we're on our periods. It's just like, you know what? Every once in a while, I'm going to lead a little extra leeway. Yeah. You know, just a little, just a little leeway. Just take it a little easier on me because you don't know what the fuck this monster's doing <laughs> to me right now. Um, and, and I, and I kind of had this where, you know, I was going to have her be like a regular human being and not have her be a monster and not have her like made up and everything. Yeah. And when I really thought about it, it was like, I wanted to be inclusive towards guys, you know, and then kind of let them in on the joke a little bit more. So a guy can find it funny because it's, it's a monster wreaking havoc. She's a bull in a China shop, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I met them halfway in a way. It was like the way that I I felt it was like meeting guys halfway where it's kind of opening the door. I didn't want to have it shut off because a woman would get it if it was just another woman playing Mm -hmm. it, you know, but by adding the horns and kind of, um, Embracing that imaginary friend and touching on little monsters and drop dead Fred, it was like it made it more approachable. But I don't even think it made it so much approachable, although it did. I think it's because within the monster is where your voice was. Yeah. Because that's the stuff you like. Yeah. That's your thing is yeah. those monsters and puppets and creatures. You like I monster love creatures. movies. I love monster movies. You like monster movies. Yeah. So I think that if you had left her as a human, mm-hmm. you'd be, I think that then you'd be more catering to your audience. Yeah. Of making it, making her human. Yeah. You made her human. You made her like another person. Yeah. And I think that's catering to the audience more than making it a monster. The monster is you. It That's where you shone. Yeah. You shine. Once she became a monster, yeah. all bets were <laughs> off as far as you were concerned. Yeah. Now you felt you could go all out with yeah. it the way you originally wanted to. And now the way we're doing this post, yeah. the way the post is changing the, sh- the shape of the film. Like, you came home that one day. And I had just put together a credit sequence for you, yeah. an opening credits. And I said, I have this idea. Yeah. And I think you're going to like it. Yeah. Two seconds into that opening credit sequence, your jaw dropped. Yeah. And I saw the look on your face. Not that I did an amazing job. Right. But that this is what you were seeing. Mm-hmm. That I, wa- I went through the footage and I listened to enough of your feedback and enough of your ideas and again knowing you (laughs) living with you for 16 years right I had to draw from what I know your influences are yeah and put that on the screen yeah and just the credits was it was you it absolutely was it was a hundred percent you and your voice. Yes, I put it together, but I but I was just the instrument. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like that one shot, the opening shot of the movie. Um, yeah, I had this stupid reference in my head, and it's so me. It's so cheesy. It's so oh, the <laughs> <laughs> it's so me as a person. Yeah. Like if I was a shot, this would be me. Um, 
but uh, you know, I, I I tried to convey it. I tried to explain it. I was, you know, I I feel kind of understood it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he got it, and 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 it, it, you know, it's a shot. It's a POV of the monster, yeah. and Phil picks up the camera, and he was kind of like, you know, and then finally he put it on his shoulder, and he kind of stood there in the moment a little bit, and he literally. He does it he once. Grunting he he does it. He did it once. No sounds. And yeah. and I was like, he's like, let me try it again. And this time he started talking to himself and grunting. And he, I was like, you know, take the booming steps, Phil. Own own the. You're a monster. You're yeah. a monster. You know. And when he became the monster, he was like, mm-hmm. you know. And then we kind of looked at him. We're like, you know, oh, she has this great hair. It's like this punk rocky, like mo- bihawk mohawk thing. Mm-hmm. So we found these feathers that we put on there and put on his head and created the shadow. And as soon as I feel like he saw that silhouette, then he kind of got more into it. He got, yeah, you know, he took bigger steps. He shook his head a little bit. He yeah. moved with it. He yeah. was grunty. He was doing the walk. He was going, yeah. I'm a monster. <laughs> he was the monster. That camera became the monster's head. Yeah. And um, he got it. And then mm-hmm. we, we did the playback. And um, I froze because like, Somehow, something that was inside my head is in front of me suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I couldn't even respond because I couldn't wrap my head around the voodoo that took it from here yeah. to, to there. And the whole, and everybody's looking at me. And you could tell that everybody's really excited and that they really like it, but then they're like worried that I don't because I'm not saying anything. And I'm just like, tears. Like a, like a little girl, tears like is the only thing that my yeah. body could actually, my mind could actually wrap around itself doing is just crying. Um, yeah, I'm lame. Um, <laughs> you know, but it was like everybody in that moment had that celebration where it was like once they like, yes, this yeah. is it. This is it. And everybody's like, great, we're all on the same page. We got this now. This yeah. is this shot was is what Everything. we're doing. Yes. This shot is what we're doing. This is this is this is the movie that we're making. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, Buckley says it that Larry says it all the time. Mm. This is the movie that we're making. Right here. In right this here. Moment, this in is this moment, this is the movie that we're making. And it's like yeah. take <sighs> this moment and stretch it for the next yeah. couple weeks of shoot. Yeah. This right here, yeah. keep this going. Yeah. 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 And it's like, um, I don't a hundred percent I feel like we had moments we got close to that with Theta. But I still feel like a lot of it was like, I, I wasn't really sure what we were doing. I'm going to be honest. The main time, the only times I really felt that was when we had the demon girl walking around. Yeah. And I think that the difference is the fact that I am running my own camera. Yeah. So I'm never separated enough from it to step back and look at it. Yeah. And say, no, no, nope, that's not it yet. Because I'm so focused on getting it myself and I'm trying. You're, you're worried about the technical yes. getting it. I've never been able to just step back, yeah. look at it objectively and go, nope, that's not it. Yeah. Or yes, that's it. I like, I like, you know, I had it with Beneath. As soon as those little paws shoot out, I'm like, I, yeah. you know, I had yeah. that moment. Where I was like, boom, that's it. You know, and, yeah. I, and I look back in my brain and I don't remember you ever like nailed it. You know, when it came to Theta. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, not you know? no, a couple of times, but the dialogue. Yeah. When we got in the dialogue scenes, those well, yeah, were when, because they got... When the doctor got got the dialogue perfect and and, yes. and, and and he delivered it with that proper cadence that you were looking for. Exactly. But I don't think but it was, was ever technical like... technical thing. Yeah, I don't think it, like ever everything came together to be like, this is the movie that we're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think you just had too much information and too much... Um, I was... Up when, here. when something wasn't going right... Yeah. Being the camera person, yeah. In those moments, I would, 
I was just locked up. Yeah. Because I'm like, I physically do not know how to do it any better. Yeah. What it is that I'm looking You're for. You're having the frustration at your own hands. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how to get what it is I want. Yeah. So that's the best it's going to get. Yeah. Because that's it. I've hit my wall. I've officially hit the point where I don't know anymore. Right. Yeah. And if I don't know how to do it, yeah. then we can't do it. Right. So it, and, and I can't make that known either. Mm. As the director on set, I can't stand there as the director and the DP stand there and say, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. Because then everything comes to a standstill because everybody's then looking at me going, but I think, what do we do next I then? think that's also I don't know. partially in your own head. where it's it, and, and it totally might be. Because um, I've, this, I've this had moments. This is the process, yeah. though, where I'm like, I, I don't I, know what to do. Because I feel like I've had moments. Because I can't hand the camera to somebody else yeah. and say, here, you do it. Yeah. Please, just you do this and let me objectively look at it yeah. and see what's being done wrong. And I think that's that's what I was just going to, you know, you said it really well. Um, you know, I've had moments where I step back and I'm like, no. That's not it. Yeah. And and I get quiet for a minute. You know, and I and I have that I can step back mm-hmm. and just kind of be like and then people want to feed me options. Yeah. You know, well what if we did this? What if we moved this? What if we and I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, let's try that. You know, where you do have but you literally are missing that one extra brain to be like, well, let me just move the camera over here yeah. and let's see what you think of this. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and you know what? And I mean, and I've had Louis for years to help me out with some of those things. Yeah. You know, and there are some times where he's gotten a shot yeah. that's just like, that was it. That yeah. was perfect. Yeah. You you nailed it. I yeah. couldn't. You some. You nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. You yeah. know. But I never had those conversations with him that you had with Phil. Right. Where you sat down with him and he picked your brain mm-hmm. for three hours on every single shot and what it is that you want, so that this way he could apply his knowledge to what you're trying to get. I never had those conversations with Louis yeah. where I could sit and talk to him yeah. and say, look, this is what I'm trying to get. This is what I want. Um, I've always just been like, we get there and, and I tell him like, dude, look, if you have an idea that's better, yeah. if you have an idea, go for it. Just do it. And I've give, and I gave him a lot of freedom mm-hmm. to do what he thought would look good right. rather than here's the vision of what we're going for. Right. Try to go along these lines. Go along these lines and then come up with ideas. I've always kind of kept him in that position. As an observer. Yes. As an observer, just here's what I'm doing. Just, you know, kind of match that. And if you find something else that I didn't think of, go for it. Right. You know, because sometimes he does some great, he did, he did, had some really great shots that matched really. And sometimes he had really good shots like this is really good. It doesn't fit with the rest of the scene though. Yeah. Because it's, it's really nice in and of itself. It's great. But everything else we did that day doesn't match it so i can't use it as much as i love it i can't use it it's jarring some of his some of his good camera work went unnoticed because it just doesn't fit anymore yeah you know where had i had he been in on the plan from the beginning Mm -hmm. he would have known how to work that into it right you know Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time on the other side of the room i don't know what it is he's doing yeah you know, so I can't plan for it. And then I see it in the edit. I'm like, oh, man, that looks really great. I wish we'd done this, too, to match it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, so a lot of some of his stuff just kind of went unnoticed. And, and it sucks yeah. that that happened that way, you know. But a lot of that was based on just time and money and just so many different factors of, no, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Oh, and just doing things the way that we have always done things instead of shaking things up. and. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just following 
you know, and that's what I think I've gotten. I think over the years I kind of became formulaic in and of my own self mm-hmm. where I'm just, maybe I'm playing it safe. Maybe I started playing it safe. I don't know. Yeah. That's and a, that's it's a lot of pressure to put a, yeah. a budget on somebody. Yeah. And a vision. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, I can understand it. I, I mean, you know, Misunderstood Monster is much higher budget than Beneath was. Yeah. And I even felt the pressure. And it's 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 a fraction of what mm-hmm. Theta cost. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. It's literally about a quarter. It's about a quarter of what Theta cost. Which is the most we've ever show- spent on a, a short, short film. film. Yeah. God, I am I am so selfish. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, we did Brain People. Well, yeah. Attack of the Brain. This is literally yeah. twice the right. twice the, the budget of Brain People. And Brain People had, you know, a, had like 25 person cast. And, yeah, it, you know, we shot for four days. It's about four times Brain People. Huh? It's about four times Brain People. No, it's not. Yeah. Maybe it is three, four times, three, whatever. Three, it's, three times at least. And that's the that's the thing. Brain people was so much bigger, and there was so much more to yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But somehow we kept it really low because again, it was all friends and everything. It was just friends just having fun. Yeah, I mean, it was, and, it was a passion project for all of us. Yeah, so everybody donated time and, and effort and, 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 and materials. And yeah, work this and, was passion project, but we but you know. Six years after Brain People, we're like, no, everybody's got to be paid for this. We yeah. can't do. Yeah, we can't no, have, we paid everybody, we, and, yeah, and we can't have anybody volunteering their time no. anymore. It no. just doesn't. No, it's no not it just happen. doesn't work anymore. Um, but anyway, so I think to get back to where we were in the beginning, what type of filmmaker do you want to be? Watching you, I feel hmm. watching you realize the type of filmmaker you want to be has helped me realize the type of filmmaker I want to be, or at least get back to the type of filmmaker I wanted to be at one point and becoming okay with it. I want to make weird movies. Make weird movies. I want to make strange shit. I want to (laughs) make... To take a quote from from actually one of our friends who said this a long time ago, I want to make movies that make people feel bad. I want to make movies that make people feel good. Exactly. (laughs) I want... I want to make movies where, and I've, and, and you know, you know, I've said this to you a million times. It's always raining yes. in my head. Yes. <laughs> I want movies that just like constantly have this feeling where it's the end of everything. I want this dread. I want, I want existential dread. I want constant feeling of just isolation and loneliness and, despair and as fun as blood slaughter is yeah i think matt nailed that he yeah. is yeah such a desperate he was, he was all yours <laughs> he embodied yeah what i wanted that movie to feel like yeah and that's why i love his performance because he is just this desperate character at the end of his rope with a tragic ending and it was so beautiful to me I really hope our film careers <laughs> take the same <laughs> strength as our marriage does <laughs> but, but that's what I want to do like and that's like Cronenberg does kind of that where yeah. everything yeah, is he, sterile yeah. and everything is just so medical and it's 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 a hard thing to love. I mean, yeah, Cronenberg makes gross when I mean, you get ready for gross. Well, it's gross and sterile. That's that's it's a great. I love the way I love describing his stuff as sterile because everything has this beyond it beyond it having this medical Distance this feeling. medical. Yeah, it's yeah. Every, nothing feels real. Yeah. Nothing feels human. Yeah, everything feels artificial. Alien. 
Yeah. You know, um, and I like that, you know, but I also like, um, Aronofsky makes it feel like the end of the world. Oh God. Mother destroyed. (laughs) Aronofsky does a great, Fincher does a great job of making everything feel desolate, not desolate. Of making your main main character isolate the isolation Despair. of the main character, you know, yeah, Fincher does that the the isolation of the main character. Aronofsky does that does the despair of the main character, mm-hmm. you know, and the and the basic feeling of the world collapsing on itself, you know, from you know, Pi everything was falling in on him. Like everything was just slowly mounting. The whole world was on this guy's shoulders and everything was coming. You know, Requiem for a Dream was, th- it was the end. It's literally, you're watching the destruction of the self-destruction four, of characters. four characters self-destructing yeah. slowly. Yeah. And I know people who say that they will never sit through Requiem for a Dream again because yeah. it made them feel so horrible. Yeah. And they just felt like, like it depressed them. Yeah. You know? And that's what I love you just about want psychological warfare I, yeah, on your audience. Yes. I, I love the fact that that movie makes you feel so disparate and just, oh, like you just feel horrible watching four people literally fall apart minute it's, by minute. It's and it's really sad. And I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I guess we're really lucky that I can see the beauty in in in, in but this is, see, destruction. But the- I just feel like I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm too new as a filmmaker to be like this is the type of filmmaker I am. Um, but that's not it. No, but I'm fu- not that kind of filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're not. <laughs> I know what I'm not. Um, I like magical things and I like monsters running around every which way. And, and I like twists. I like twisting something that's every day into something different, into a monster. Can I just take everyday things and make them all into monsters? Let's do that. I'm signed on. <laughs> I'm just going to be a monster chick. I just want to make monsters. Yeah. That's it. That's happy that's monsters. Awesome. Happy make monsters. Monst- make happy, crazy, fun monsters that yeah. make people cheer and. Yeah. I, I, I got addicted, man. When people started cheering for Beneath, I just, it was like, this is the drug I've been looking for yeah. my entire life. And maybe that's what's Like, every single one of my daddy issues is just rolled into one. Please <laughs> just applaud me and, and scream for my monster and love him. Maybe that's what's allowing me to feel this way. The fact that with your films, working on your films, mm-hmm. I'm able to experience an audience cheering yeah. for the movie we made. You know, for the movie I helped you make, mm. I'm able to experience. We made that's the proper well, well, whatever. I'm able to experience an f- audience literally cheering mm. and just being excited for the film. Dude, it's so weird. It's so it's so awesome. You it's know, so because weird, though. yeah, I, I kind of wanted that a little bit with Data States. I wanted to hear an audience like, yeah, yeah. just yeah, that was great. You know, I wanted to, f- but I'm not the filmmaker that can make that. I didn't that's, know who I was until that's not it my, happened. Yeah, that's that not my weird. voice. You know, uh, there was no there was no point in data states where you go, yeah! You you like your audience to be crickets because they're so traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> I want to beat them over the head. <laughs> and so fucked up 
that that they're like inside cowering, crying to themselves. It's sort of the audience that you want. And then when I have a movie theater that's quiet, I'm like, oh shit. Something I heard recently. Um, remember, you came home one day and I was watching that interview with those with those yeah. two writers. Uh, one's a writer, one's a director, and they both. I oh man, it's escaping me what it was. But one of them said, and this resonated hardcore with me, real deep. The beauty of a movie, the beauty in your film is you have total control over how the audience feels while they're watching your film. And as the director and the writers, right? Directors and the writers have total control over how your audience feels and what they think when the movie's over. And that's, and he said, that's what you need to think of when you're making your film. What do you want your audience to be thinking of when the film is over? If they walk out, uh, one second, he says, if they walk out of the film saying, oh man, those shots were beautiful. And oh, did you see the effect? Oh man, that, 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 that sky looked great. Then you have failed. Yeah. Because they're not talking about, about your the story. story. They're not talking about the journey, your character. They're talking about the technical aspects of your film, which means the story meant nothing to them. And they were wowed by your visuals and not the emotion you were trying to create. Yeah. So as a writer or director... You have failed yeah. because they're not feeling anything yeah. other than the awe that your lighting guy and your CG guy and your sound guy did. Yeah. They're only getting part of the, the film yeah. because those technical aspects are lending to the, the story. story. But if your story's not strong enough and they're just paying attention to the Marvel film, yeah. you watch a Marvel film, yeah. man, Thanos looked great. Those, did you see that chase? Yeah. Did you, this fight scene was awesome. There's nobody standing, there's nobody walking around talking about yeah. how emotionally connected to Thanos' struggle they were yeah. in Infinity War. Right. And that's not the point of the movie either. The point of the movie is the great CG spectacle of seeing these superheroes on screen. It's like, like Guardians too. It's all yes. about the, the family dynamics and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And that the, the fact that we have a great looking CG r- raccoon. Yeah. Nobody's walking out of Requiem for a Dream saying, man, that overhead shot was gorgeous. Yeah. No. no. He has completely encaptured everything That's of what I was your... I going to say. Yeah. He's... Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> no, it's just witty. No, whatever. Say it witty. I want to captivate my audience and you want to hold yours captive. All right, fine. <laughs> See, I told you it was witty. Okay. Sure. That's that. All right. You got it. <laughs> fine. Yes. I want to keep them in a little gilded cage and they're locked and stuck. Yeah. You're just like, you're stuck now, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen next? No, please. Oh, yeah. It's going to mm. happen. Yeah. And I'm just like, look, look at this magical monster dancing on screen. It's so magical. But your monster means something too. Yeah, I just I don't like I don't know I don't like people to feel sad and bad. Mm. I think that there's too much in this world that makes people feel sad and bad. I mean, this is just me as a brand new filmmaker, brand yeah. new shiny filmmaker who still thinks this is like super fun and like oh my god. Um, 
But yeah, no, I just as a person, I just I, I've I've had other people make me feel bad, and I don't yeah. want to use my power as a filmmaker to make people feel bad. I, I think it's also just that's the art that I'm drawn to. Yeah. So that's what I want to make. I like the art that makes me feel that way. Yeah. That just gives me a rush of emotion that sits with me for a while. Well, I mean, because when you, was it? When you feel bad, you think. Another thing. Another movie. Another movie. Again, I forget the line. I forget the movie or the line specifically, but it was something like, you know, happy is a fleeting emotion. Mm-hmm. Sad stays with you for a while. Mm-hmm. What movie was that? Oh. Lord. You know, so you have to chase those movie. happy moments, huh? It's the emoji movie. You no, know, I've never seen that. <laughs> no, it was some older, some older Apparently movie. Apparently, it's that's groundbreaking. The... the emoji movie is like you'd actually really like it because it's. Yeah, I doubt that. No, I would really like it. You it's would. much more my yeah. story. It's about the the meh emoji who doesn't want to be meh anymore, and he learns how to be okay. You mean with like meh. Inside Out? You mean the sad emotion yeah. that doesn't want to be sad anymore, and Wreck It Ralph that doesn't want to be the side character, yeah. the bad guy anymore, and this one that doesn't want to be that anymore? You mean? like every other freaking movie that Disney makes or or Pixar makes, that there's the one sad character that doesn't want to be sad anymore because the whole world needs to be happy. Is that condescending enough for you? I liked those movies. I know you did. <laughs> I know you do. I'm tired of seeing that. Yeah. The character that's, that's you know, the person who's sad and just doesn't want to be sad anymore. All the romantic movies are all about Well, that. Yeah, you're just kind of sort of talking about all the stupid idiots who tell you on the street, smile, you look pretty. Yes. Fuck and I, you. Yeah, exactly. Why can't I just be angry? Yeah. Why can't I just be... Maybe that's part of where, maybe that's where my emotional connection is, where I'm tired of people just being like, be happy. Why do I have to be happy? Yeah. I I am happy. I'm totally happy with who I am. Why do I have to be a bubbly person on top of that? Yeah. Why do I have to make you happy? Yeah, that's what I agree. And that's what that smile thing is. Smile, you have a pretty face. So I need to make you feel better about the way you look at my face? Yeah. See, I no. mean, I'm... I, You're not I just, telling me to smile because you think I'm sad. You're yeah. telling me to smile because me smiling makes you happy. Yeah, I just want to be genuinely happy and be like, look... That's, yeah... All you freaking people who yeah, you know, want to be negative. That was an unnecessary rant of mine. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I don't know. That's just how I feel about the world. Is that, like, look at me. I'm freaking genuinely happy. Yeah. I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy with my life. I'm comfortable and I'm happy. And I just want every other people to feel like this. And people who don't want me to feel like this or have done things bad to me, then my greatest revenge is I'm genuinely happy. I'm only happy when it rains. I'm happy. I find the beauty in be. I find. I think. I think that's one of the lines. I find the beauty in being sad. Something. No, it's not that song. No, but that's pretty much what it is. I find the beauty in being sad. I see beauty in being sad. Something like that. That's what the line that I'm trying to remember is, and it's still not coming to me. But it doesn't matter. We're done. Yeah, (laughs) we're done. Take us out. Take us out. Happy face. (laughs) Monster. Come on, emoji to emoji movie. Um, Take us out. Listen to us. Follow us. Give us a rate review. Give us five stars on all your favorite pod catching thingies apps mm-hmm. stitcher and itunes and whatever else um you can tell manny to smile we won't get mad at you you can tell me not to be so f- darn happy because it's obnoxious that's cool <laughs> um tell us what kind of filmmaker you are what kind of filmmaker you want to be um follow us on twitter and facebook and uh instagram mgp director masquerade vet 
Um, you are Massgrave on Twitter. I am, I still believe Massgrave at um, yeah, yeah. Twitter. Uh, find us on Facebook. Join the indie filmmaker community that we have, uh, we host with the Making Movies is Hard, Just Shoot It podcast, and the Nim Pods. Um, follow JK. Uh, at Horror Happens Radio Show. Definitely get involved in his horror genre film fests around the world. He's doing a really oh, yeah, great I tour. About, I forgot about that. Um, where he's, that group. Yeah, yeah, that's one of his groups. Definitely find that group. He's uh, doing a world tour of all if the you film you want to make movies that make people feel bad, he, <laughs> he will tell you what film festivals you should be playing at. And if you want to make movies <laughs> that make people feel good and show that monsters are good people too, um, also follow him. He'll help you with that as well. Yeah. Um, Podcast uh, production next. There you go. Hit yeah. that up. Uh, get yourself some organized like me. You know, if you can't create bins in your head, create them in this awesome Let, software. Yeah, this will compartmentalize for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Get out there, everybody. And, and make, make good movies. Make your movies. Make your movies. I've, I like that, I've too. changed that. Make okay. your movies. Make your movies. Be true to yourself. Yes. Hug yourself. And have a lovely day. <laughs>